0: Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Well, all right. We are in 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 a message series titled In Living color and it's a message series just talking about how if if you've been here from the beginning it's we we just kind of been breaking down how everything that we do is worship everything that we do the way we act the, the the everything that we do is worship not just what we do here for for a few minutes for a few songs on a sunday everything that we do is worship and so the question is and and what we want to draw from this is if everything that we do is worship then who are we worshiping? Amen. So if everything that we do is worship, who are we worshiping? And so today for Father's Day, I'm, 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 it's going to sound like I'm going to veer off a little bit from that in living color, but I'm actually not. We're just going to do in living color for fathers. All right. So I want you to see something with me. I want you to picture something because, see, I want to speak to, I know that you men always pay attention, but today I really need you to pay attention. Today, I, to, you know, we, we gave you cookies. Good. Enjoy the cookies. It's beatdown session now. Amen? We're going to get real now. All right? So, so please, I'm going to ask you, don't, don't play it off like your cell phones rang and you've got to leave. And don't play it off like, like there's an emergency and you've got to break out. And don't go get the car early and wait for your family downstairs. Give me the next few moments. And, 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 and let's pray something could happen. Amen? All right. Because what I want you to see today, men is that your role is worship. I expected an ooh or an ah there at least. That's that's where it goes. Ooh. Your role, who you are, is worship. And so I, I want you to see a picture today. I want four fathers. I need a father to stand on every corner of the sanctuary today. Be a good time. Thank you, brother. See, some of, some of the women were ready to take your spots. Because we got, we got strong women in here. They don't play. When the men don't stand up, women got to both, do both roles. And, and that's what we, we, we want to avoid. That's not what we want to teach here. Amen? Women are powerful and strong and anointed and capable of doing everything. But there's some things they shouldn't be, they have to do. Amen? Okay, so we got four corners, right? Okay, I need a father now to stand in between each of those men. I'll be the one that stands here. I want you to see a picture. I want you to see right there, brother. Right there. Amen. Amen. I want a father to stand in between each of those men. Come on. Come on, you thought you were gonna sit down today. Come on, fill up the gaps. There's gaps. If there if you're not a physical father, then then be a father today. If you're a man, then stand in the place of fathers. That's what men do. Come on, fill up the space. There's empty space. There's empty space. There's empty space. Empty space. Empty space. Come on, it shouldn't be this hard. I need more men, there's gaps. I need more men, there's gaps. Tell you what, if you're a young person here, if you're a young man here, stand next to some of these men, because that's the way it's supposed to be anyway. Somebody's supposed to be teaching you. So stand next to some of these men, young men, and you fill in the gaps. See, when God showed me this picture, I said, Lord, what? And at 11.15 today, there was four people here and only two were men. I said, God, you know, maybe I, maybe I misheard something. Because what? am I going to have to use women for this illustration? Then that would be too much, too close a picture of the church. Amen. You, you right next to me. That's good. Amen. I need to know that, you know, you protect me when the rest of them get angry at me. At least we have history. You... You got to love me. All right. I want you to take a look around at this picture. Are there any men still sitting down? Any young men still sitting down? Start to fill up the holes. There's gaps here. I know you guys think I'm strong, but this is a big area for me to cover all by myself. So start to fill up these gaps. put it this way, there should be no men sitting. There should be no men sitting. You know, if I have to spell it out, then we'll spell it out. There should be no men sitting at this point. And I love you and everything. See, I want you to get this, this picture in your mind. It's a picture of the church. And when God showed me this picture, I was wondering if we were going to have enough men to pull this off. But praise God, look around. Now, men, in, in this role, in this position, doesn't, don't you feel a little powerful right now? I mean, look around. Don't you feel like grunting or barking or something? You know what I'm saying? Are we feeling... Hmm, ah, somebody? No? Or are we just feeling like... Eh, come on. There's something powerful. Listen, there's something powerful when when men surround something. You understand? Do you feel it, women? Do you do you feel a little protected right now? Amen. Only some say amen. You know why, men? Because some of the women in here know you. But we need to change that perception of how they see you, and and that's my goal today. We're going to change that perception so that when I say, ladies, do you feel protected? And, and, and they look around and see you, they go, yeah, my man is there. And I know that he won't let anything happen to me. This, isn't there something awesome about me being men? Nobody's excited. We'll sit down and put the women up here. I'm sure they'll, they'll amen me to death. Isn't there something exciting about being men? Yes, thank you. I got an email that said this. Men are just happier people. What do you expect from such simple creatures? Your last name stays put. The garage is all yours. Wedding plans take care of themselves. You can be president. You can never be pregnant. You, Yeah, now we're starting to... You can wear a white t shirt to a water park. You can wear no t shirt to a water park. Car mechanics tell you the truth. The world is your urinal. You never have to drive to another gas station because the restroom is too icky. work, more pay. Wrinkles add character. Gray hair adds character. Makes us distinguished. No hair is even cool. Wedding dress, $5,000. Tux rental, 100 People never stare at your chest when you're talking to them. Men are just happier people. The occasional well-rendered burp is practically expected. New shoes don't cut, blister, or mangle your feet. One mood all the time. Well, maybe not some of you. Phone conversations, 30 seconds flat. You know stuff about tanks. That's good. A five day vacation requires one suitcase. You can open all your own jars. Your underwear, eight ninety-five 95 for a three pack. Three pair of shoes are more than enough. You almost never have strap problems in public. You are unable to see wrinkles in your own clothes. Everything on your face stays its original color. The same hairstyle lasts for years, maybe decades. You only have to shave your face and your neck. You can play with toys all of your life. Your belly usually hides your big hips. One wallet, one pair of shoes, one color for all seasons. You can wear shorts no matter how your legs look. You can do your nails with a pocket knife. You have freedom of choice concerning growing a mustache. You can do Christmas shopping for 25 relatives on December 24th in 25 minutes. Isn't it great to be a man? Yeah! But now the issue comes here. When you refuse, when you refuse, When you turn away, when you neglect your position, there's an empty spot on the line. When you're not active in your assigned role, everyone else needs to work harder. Hear me. When you decide to do you, families are at risk. Listen to me, as hard as I try to protect my family, when one of you don't show up, my family's still at risk. This is a picture of the church. It's a picture of the body of Christ. It's a picture of how God intended things to be. When one of you decide, I don't, I don't feel like this thing, I don't need to do this, I need to take care of some stuff. I need, and one of you are bow, bow out, I have all of this space to cover. And, and I have to go back and forth and protect this whole area. Because, because one of you aren't standing where you need to stand. God called this place and and called us and gave us the name the Sanctuary Fellowship because we would be a sanctuary. A sanctuary means a safe place. A safe place where we could risk being known and still be accepted. When we were 20 people... Two years ago, I could attempt to stand guard and watch over them, but but God has been showing me that as we grow, we were going to need more watchmen. And for this body to continue to grow and to remain a true sanctuary, we're going to need more watchmen. You understand that as we fill in more seats, we'll, we'll, we'll need to spread more, and we'll need more men. There's a myth in, in, in society that church is for women, grandmas, and children. Right? And the men drop them off and pick them up if they're good husbands. And that's a good husband. And I've had young people tell me, well, no, no, my man's not a Christian and stuff and, and all that, but um, he said he respects me and he stands by me and whatever I want to do is good. That's not good enough. Because there will come a day when, when, when church says, well, listen, we're going to have a prayer service, or, or church is going to go a little over, and that's going to cut into my man's time, and he's going to say, listen, 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 you need to cut back with that nonsense, okay? I understand you want to get your church out, that's beautiful, wonderful, but I need to eat at 1.30, and when you stay in church past that time, when, when you're not here to go, then, then that, that go cuts on my time, and you're getting me a little upset. Anybody can testify, women? See, I I want you to to get this picture. Let me give you another picture from the Word of God. Sorry, man, I'm gonna make you stand. Nehemiah was Nehemiah found out that that the the walls of Jerusalem, of God's city, of God's people had been torn down, they've been violated, the temple's been wrecked, there was nothing. God's people were, were without without walls. And Nehemiah said, you know what? I need to to build those walls again. I need to get some men together to build the walls of that city. Because in those days, a city couldn't be a, a fortified, it couldn't be a city unless it had walls to protect it. The higher the walls, the thicker the walls, the safer that city would be. And on those walls of that city, they would place watchmen at every corner, at every location. And the watchmen, there would be watchmen that look out and watchmen that looked in to the city. And the watchmen would have trumpets and trumpeteers next to them. And whenever the watchmen saw an enemy approaching, he would sound the alarms and, and all the men of the city would run to that area and protect the city. And when the watchmen that were looking in And this was 24 hours, day and night, not, no rest. You understand? How many of you want your, 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 your wives protected only 12 hours a day? How many of you want your children looked after only a couple hours a day? No, it's a 24-7 thing, isn't it? So is your role. 24-7. So, so Nehemiah says he's, he's going to go and, and he's going to build this city and, and he starts to gather people and he's building up these walls. But all of Jerusalem's enemies start to look around and say, Hey, hey what, what does he think he's doing? And they start, all of these people, these different people groups, these different armies start plotting together. If you're a man just coming in and you're, you're bugging out, just stand on the line. That's where you belong. Amen. Amen. This is what we do every Sunday. The men stand around. And I preach to the women. Amen. It's a weird church that way. So Nehemiah was, when Nehemiah found out that all of these enemies were plotting against him. And and you know that it's hard to build and protect at the same time. Most of the men were building. Most of the workers were working. So who's going to protect them from, from the enemy? But the enemy was plotting against them. And all these enemies were coming. And I want you to hear this. Sal, come read this. I want you to hear what, what Nehemiah did. His strategy is in Nehemiah 4. So I sanctioned armed guards at the most vulnerable places of the wall, and assigned people by families with their swords, lances, and bows. After looking things over, I stood up and spoke to the nobles, officials, and everyone else. Don't be afraid of them. Put your minds on the master, great and awesome and then fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. The common laborers held a tool in one hand and a spear in the other. Each of the builders had a sword strapped to his side as he worked. We all slept in our clothes, and I, my brothers, my workmen, and the guards backing me up, and each one kept his spear in his hand, even when getting water." Do you see the picture? The common laborers held a tool in one hand and a spear in the other. Guys, this is powerful. That means these men did their jobs, whatever they were assigned to do. But they did everything with a sword and a spear in the other hand. I need you to get this picture. It means they were laborers, but they were also warriors ready for battle. So, listen, some of you standing around today, you're you're electricians, you're bus drivers, you're waiters, you're truck drivers, you're plumbers, you're handymen, but you're also warriors. You may have been called to be a musician, but you're also a warrior. You may have been called to be a custodian, but you're also a warrior. You may have uh, been called to be a corporate administrator, but you're also a warrior. You might be a computer technician, but you're also a warrior. That's the heart of the father. A real father loves his children, loves his wife in front of his children passionately. So much so that though his role may be a pastor, he's also a warrior. You want to test that? Mess with my daughters. You'll see the Father. You want to test that? Put my wife in danger. And you'll see the warrior. See, men, I didn't want to just say, Happy Father's Day, and put a a cup or a pen in your hand. And say, Happy Father's Day, and bless you, and, 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 and whatever. I wanted to stir you up today. I wanted to shake something inside of you. If you're not a father yet and you're just a young man, I wanted you to see and start to get the vision for that thing. Because there's a whole generation of, of fatherless kids today. And, and, and we need to, you know, I just uh, spoke to a young person and Candace was telling me that, you know, she's a teacher and she was doing Father's Day presents, you know, Father's Day projects with her kids. And many other kids said, I ain't doing, I don't have a father. It's almost like, what's a father? There's no father in my home. Why should I bother with that? And, and men, that, that should grieve us. That should shake us that there's a generation of, of fatherless young people. And then we wonder why the penitentiaries are full of them. So I didn't want to put a cup in your hand. I wanted to put a sword in your spirit. I wanted to awaken the Father in you. 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. The message puts it this way. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you when you've done wrong, but there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow. Can I encourage you to be fathers? Can I get you to understand today that your role is worship? And when you act in your assigned role, it's so beautiful that it's worship to God. It glorifies God. When you act like the Father, because you were created in the image and likeness of God the Father, so acting like Him worships Him. What do they say? Imitation is the most sincerest form of flattery. Right? So when you, when you copy somebody, when you act like somebody, you're telling that somebody, I want to be like you. You don't copy people you don't like. Right? You do say, wow, that's a tacky dress. I can't wait to wear mine tomorrow. Right? Like, dude, those are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. Where'd you get them? Because I want to rock them too. You, you, you copy something that you like. Like, dude, where'd you get them? that shirt, man? I'm just banging. I want that. Right? And so when I come wearing it the next week, you're like, wow, he, he liked my shirt. He went and bought it. Right? He wants to, maybe not, you know, in, in that essence, he wants to dress like me. He, and it's a form of, of worship. And so when we act like the Father, we worship him. That's why this series, this could still fit into the series of In Living Color. Think about that. How how can we act like the Father in order that we can worship Him? Well, let's go down the list. I went to a website and I found all the names of God. There were, I think, a thousand. I'm going to just briefly go through each one. No. I just grabbed a couple. I just grabbed a couple. And I want you to see the names of, of God, the names that God has, the attributes that God has, and understand that you have those attributes because you were created in the image and likeness of God. It, you, you may never have like understood that. But I was created in the image of God. That means I have God-like characteristics. That's good, right? They call God Jehovah Elohim. He's the eternal creator. So that means he's creative in a relationship. He brings newness and excitement to a relationship. Men, your your marriages should never get boring. Because there's creativeness in you. And so that means when when her birthday comes and her anniversary comes and special days come, you you ask God for that creativeness that He's put in you, and don't do the same thing every 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 year. Here's a new iron because my shirt ain't really coming out too good, and so I know it would bless you if I got your new iron so you could work less because this one is lighter and it's the, this touch tone. It's easy, right? So, honey, God bless, you know, have a... Amen. God has given us creativity to not do the same thing all the time so that she expects it and comes anniversary morning and says, okay, where's my iron? Thank you, honey. No, Jehovah Elohim is the eternal creator, so he's creative. Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. So God is a provider, so he provides. And, and we all say that as far as, well, I need to provide, and, and that means money. That doesn't always mean money. You know, I, 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 it kills me when men tell me, well, I want my kids to have everything I didn't have. Your kids want a dad. They don't want all the junk you didn't have. You understand? Because if you can give them all the junk, you can just watch MTV Sweet 16. Okay? Them kids are getting Hummers and Land Rovers. And, and how are they talking to their family? What kind of relationships they have? I want to smack each and every one of them and their fathers. <laughs> Do you see? And, and, you know, because it's that mentality. I provide. I need to provide. this money. I need to give my kids everything. No, your kids want you. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That means that's Affection. That's love, that's caring, that's genuine emotions, that's sharing. You know, I have an awesome, I go out with my girls places and and sometimes we go to whack places and they're whack things. But we still have fun because we're together. And it's cool. And so we have fun. Even if it's just making fun of all of you, we have a good time. See you know what I'm saying? There's affection, there's emotion there. And so we can have fun anywhere. I mean, that's not what we do, but... Yeah. Jehovah Rofika, the Lord, our healer. So you see, a father doesn't hurt or bring pain. He brings healing. He heals our brokenness. He doesn't point it out. A father doesn't point it out. I say, honey, you messed up. Honey, you have gained some weight, baby. Baby, what are we going to do about that? I bought you some diet bars for Christmas. Right? Here's an anniversary. Jim, I got you a gym membership. All right, be blessed. I want to see you in there every day. I want to see you on the scale next week. No, a father, a father heals brokenness. A father might see, man, my wife has gained some weight. And, and she's not happy about it. It's making her feel insecure. It's making her feel bad. It's, it's, she can't be as free as she used to be. She doesn't feel as open and, and as, 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 as intimate as she used to be. Let me help her. Honey, I got us both a membership. We're going to work out together. Because I'm, you know... I mean, look around. Okay? 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 There's no, not too many Mr. Americas standing around the room here for us to be pointing out that kind of stuff. A father heals. Okay, you got that? Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. So a father doesn't bring chaos into the home, more drama to the mama. A father brings peace. When you come home, does your house shake? Oh, God, daddy's home. Um, um, That didn't... Uh, oh, man, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And, and does, does everybody quake because the peace is gone when you walked in? Or when you come home, can your wife and children rest? That's home. There's safety. There's peace. Men, check yourselves. Jehovah Shama. You know what that means? The Lord is present. Yeah, I didn't think there'd be a lot of amens here today. The Lord is present, so the Father actually is present in the home. The Father is present. And when He is in the home, it doesn't mean just being there. We don't want God to just be there. We know that God is everywhere, right? And, and we, we know God is everywhere. God is in my bathroom, in my shower. He's, he's at my job. God is everywhere. We don't want God to just be there. We want to feel His presence. And that means that, that when Daddy's home, when, when the husband's home, he's engaged. I'm present. What? I hear you. Amen? It's not enough to just be home. It's not enough to just, What? I don't go to the bar anymore. I don't go hanging out all the time with my boys. Come on, I'm home. Shut up. Leave me alone. No. When dad's home, he's present. He's Jehovah Shammah. I don't care what you say. This is a good message. Jehovah. Jehovah. I can't even say it, but Jehovah sister. It can you? The Lord, our righteousness. That word comes from right. The Father makes things right. You make things right. You know, how many, if you're a good father today, I don't have to tell you, you know, because your kids come to you to make things right. In that awesome style, when Joseph will run to you, I mean, I know that everybody in my house thinks I can fix everything. I can't. <laughs> I break a lot of things. But, but there's something I think that it's just in them that they know that, well, even if he doesn't fix it, even if he can't repair it, Daddy will make it right. Because he's, he's Jehovah our righteousness. He's Jehovah Mekadishchem. The Lord, our sanctifier. That means that a father makes us holy. He forgives us. He sacrifices. He lays down his life to make us clean, to wash us. Dad, we're not here to point everything out. We're here to cover everything. We're here to cover over everything. We're here to wash everything. Jehovah-Rohi, the Lord, our shepherd. Father is the shepherd. He's the pastor of the home. He pastors those in the home. What would would the church look like if all of the men were pastors? Shepherding those in their homes and then submitting to the pastor who then submits to the shepherd. Because it's all about submitting. It's not a macho game that we're playing. Amen? See, let me give you more character traits real quick. He's my defense. He's my refuge in day of trouble. He's my deliverer. He's my exceeding joy. He's my fortress. He's my friend. The worship team could come up. He's my goodness. He's my help. He's my hiding place. He's my hiding place and my shield. He's my high tower. He's my hope. He's my judge. He's my king. He's my lamp. He's my love. He's my portion forever. He's my redeemer. Now men, don't misunderstand me today. You are not God. You can't be God for anyone. You can't be God for your wives. You can't be God. But you're called to be like Him. And so this message today is simply titled, Act, Act Like Him. Act like him. You can't. You were created in his image. You've been given the ability to be like him in every area. Just, even if it was just a little in all of those areas, wouldn't that change your relationships completely? Amen? Wouldn't that like eliminate half the counseling that we have to do? Wouldn't it? It would eliminate half the counseling. Ladies, this tape series, this message will be on the internet for you to download and and give to every man that you know. You can also order CDs from Sal and Benny and and get those CDs and give them out as gifts to every man you know. Men, I suggest you get it yourselves, download it, and, and remind yourselves because you know what? That's what I do. Because every time I get up to this pulpit to preach, I have to remind myself that whole week that I make sure that I'm not disqualified. You, you may think you have a hard hearing a message like this because now you, your wife's going to hit you all the time and tell you recognize, act like him. But, but I preached it. What do you think I got to deal with? You know what I'm saying? If I'm not living it, but you know what kind of hypocrisy it would be? You know how hard that would be for me to stand here with my daughter sitting right there and have to talk about all these things that men got to do in the home if I'm not doing them? I know it happens, but I can't live like that. So, the, um, don't misunderstand me. You will mess up. I do mess up. I do fail, I do fall short, I do buy wrong gifts sometimes, I do, I do, I could get excited about something, say, honey, and, and, like, you know, expect her to do, like, backflips, double, and then see her face, go, oh, thank you, because she's good to me, she's gracious, oh, that's nice, baby, and I go, I missed it, didn't I, you know, you could just tell when that, that present didn't hit home, so... We, we're gonna fail, guys. We're gonna mess up. We're not perfect. We're not. We're not God. But, uh, but listen, a real father, a, a godly father, says, "I'm sorry," and that's probably one of the the most missing words in our homes today. I'm sorry. I messed up. I'm sorry. Not just to your wife, but to your kids. I'm sorry. I know I wild out on that one. I'm sorry. A godly father makes things right. Jehovah Sitkenu. He brings peace. Jehovah Shalom. Men act like him in order that you would worship him. I left two for the very end. Number one, God forgives. Number two, God loves unconditionally. I challenge you with that one. God loves unconditionally. And God forgives. If you want to try to emulate the Father, if you want to try and test out your true worship skills, then just try some of those this week, even if it's just the last two. Now, ladies, will you stand with them today? Can we just stand? And and we're going to have the worship team is prepared. They're going to sing this song over our men today that's just going to be release the warrior. It's going to release the warrior. And, and you know what, men? You know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see men like David that dance in their underwear. Spiritually speaking. Don't get ridiculous. I'd love to see men that are not ashamed to worship. I love to see men that would stand and say, I'm not I'm going to I'm going to teach the younger men that hardcore men of God can stand and lift his hands. I'm going to teach the younger men that that the church thing and the worship thing and the dancing thing is not for girls. No, in the Old Testament, they send the worshipers out before the guys with the swords. The worshipers went before them. There were men that went before them with instruments, dancing and shouting, rejoicing at what God, the victory that God was about to give them. Men, if you're having a hard time, if you're struggling in your role, if you're struggling, then just, just see your role as worship and, and give it to God. And, and I pray that God would release today a freedom over all of you. A freedom to not be the same man when you walk out of, that, of those doors today. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship.